0: offers, and contests. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to BetOnline.ag. Once again, BetOnline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, guys, welcome in. Garden Report, special afternoon live stream. It feels like we do these a lot. Um, yes, sir. And when you cover the, the Celtics.
1: Austin,
0: is- <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, right? We're not even close to... We're not even close to the, you know, end conclusion of the NBA season and Celtics just keep jumping in there with news. And then today, uh, first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski and then kind of confirmed by lots of different people along the way, the Celtics are going to hire Ime Udoka uh, as the team's new head coach, uh, which uh, instantly was received with a lot of – You know, a lot of people really liked this hire. It really felt like it was down to him, maybe him. And I know Billups was kind of kicking around there as a possibility, though it looked more likely that Chauncey was going to go to Portland. Uh, That being the case, um, this happened, and it happened today. The Celtics are the first team to name their new head coach this offseason, which I kind of like. And even if, honestly, this is appearances only, I like the fact that if Billups was indeed their number one, I like the fact that they – didn't look like they had their second pick and for all we know Doka was the guy all along um and that's what they wanted we don't have anything from the team it's not official official yet but it is out there so um you know interested to hear like reaction from players uh from from the team itself uh and everything there and obviously we're going to have i'm sure a press conference and other things in the coming days but this is the guy so we have the coach uh then Two major Celtics, two major offseason dominoes have fallen already. Um, And, you know, we're going to fill up the chat here, and we're curious your comments as well. But uh, we had for sure Kemba Walker was the thing that had to happen, and a coach had to happen. And boom, bang, bang, both of those things checked off pretty quick. So you guys, uh, initial reaction to the
2: hire? Brad's two for two. Uh, Bobby said that earlier. Um, I'm going to keep it going for sure. I I, I think he got this one right. And uh, that's a good point by you, John, because I I do think that that may have been sort of of the language throughout that interview, or maybe the last interview between Brad and and, and, and Yudoka, about how, hey, look, if if this works, if we can make this work, let's do it right away. Let's not waste any time. Let's send out the great message to our team, to the players, that, look, we made a decision because it's not about – Oh, let's wait until one of these candidates makes makes a uh, makes a decision between two teams. We're going with you. You know the Brooklyn Nets were bounced out of the playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure who it was, but someone mentioned that. Actually, I think it was Bobby. Someone, someone tweeted that out. That hey, if the Celtics are going to make a serious run at it, maybe you should do it now instead of weighing your options a couple of weeks down the road. And and you know uh, just pretty much showing your cards right that that would be showing your cards to to Adoka that was like yeah you're one of our top guys but we really want to have one more conversation no so now that that's out the window no you are a guy we believe in you we believe in the relationship you had with with Tatum and Brown or at least the fact that you guys can build on that uh, I, I do think we talked about this a couple of nights ago that this was something that was discussed with those two. I think it had to have been. Uh, I think Brad is certainly in the position to do stuff like that, especially when we're talking about the head coach. So I love it. I mean, his defensive background is something to talk about as well. It comes from the tutelage of of Greg Popovich. I mean, who doesn't respect more?, uh, who doesn't respect Greg Popovich more than more than Brad Stevens? and, and we we talk about this team uh, having a backbone throughout the course of the regular season. And you know, I don't think this is that kind of guy that's going to get into people's faces, but I think he's the kind of coach that knows how to, uh, you know, sort of show his cards and say, hey, look, this is the way it is. I need you to do this, that, and the other. You know, I, I just, again, I, everything about this hire, I love, you know, from his background to his history with the players and, of course, his his coaching history, you know, coming from the school of Popovich. I really, really like this hire.
3: Yeah, it feels like this one gained momentum in the last week or two after it became clear that Chauncey, who I still think tend to think was their first choice, was – pretty much on his way to portland he's a finalist now up there with becky hammond and a few others wouldn't be stunning once the clippers bow out here to hear him name there so ultimately i do think once they started searching email more and really like in the last week or so myself learning more about him became more convinced with this too and the biggest factor for me is that world cup run which you know i love john like that was yeah, my favorite coming back to that but no i had no clue he was an assistant on that staff as closely as i followed I, that i love that because they
2: they failed right <laughs> it's like you know i i think i would i wouldn't look that look at that as like oh, okay well you know they, they won so they, they trust this guy like no this is something that they can work on that they, they believe in you
3: know well they, yeah i don't really care about the result as much as that they came out of that run with a lot of good feelings good sentiment they got a great start season going after that kemba you know got off to a great stride there and of course it was more bonding time for tate and brown and smart together with him and they were able to experiment and if you know if things went another way miles turner could have been part of that core too but i like them trusting him knowing him and having worked with him already in a system that he was setting up out there i think is uh, encouraging i guess the only thing that i would take away from that is that Tatum's production in China that summer was a little spotty. I don't think you can adapt that to how he's going to do in the NBA or how is going to coach in the NBA. But all I know is that this guy has been overlooked as a head coach for a long time now. You heard him coming out of Philly two seasons ago. was a hot candidate not only in other spots but also to take over in Philly, and they ultimately ended up going the other way because they got the chance to hire Doc there. So he had to sit that season in Brooklyn. And the third factor that I really like, yeah, that you get some insight on Brooklyn? That's who you're gunning for now. Yeah. You know, this guy comes from inside there. Well, ins- I know it's not the biggest deal in the world, but you're going to hire an assistant from your chief competitor there. I think that's a that's a plus as well. well
0: yeah, right. I, that one, I, that's not bad. That one's lo- lower on my list, I do think. Yeah. Um, of the things that you mentioned, I like that. Th- here's the things I like because we don't know ultimately what kind of head coach he's going to be uh, because he hasn't had it. But I like a few things. I think. Uh we didn't want to retread, right? that's that's definitely not what you wanted. You didn't want a guy who's been recycled through the league, who has some name recognition, but is, you know, uh, succeeded some, but failed some other places. Okay. Didn't want that. Uh, we definitely wanted a former player and he's a former player. It was important. And the Celtics clearly had said that they wanted a black head coach. Um, so obviously that was something you saw the list of finalists there. And that was something that they felt was really important. Um, you want somebody that the players would feel good about, and you have endorsements from Tatum and Brown and smart, uh, all, uh, for him. And, I like the idea of an up and comer. I like the idea, and again, goes back to the retread. I wanna see what somebody has given a shot. I feel much better about that than a person who, you know what they've got, you know what they're doing here. You wanna see if you can catch that kind of rising star You know train the way you did with brad which was who knows what brad's got and it turned into something within a year and you're like this guy's a damn good coach okay and so that's what you're hoping to catch here is like did we get the next superstar young coach who just hadn't been given a shot for whatever reason, X, Y, Z, because a lot of teams were taking the easy route, as you said, a candidate in Philly, but it's like, I don't know, Doc's kind of a nice shiny object there. I'm going to go get him instead. you know Somebody who maybe should have arrived on the scene a little bit sooner than this, that you're catching at just the right time. So I like all of those things. I think checking all of those boxes is good. I am super, super, super interested. More than any, as I said last show, I don't care who the coach is as long as the players like him, because I don't know who's going to be successful. So all I want to see is those guys come out in support of this move. And that's what I'm really interested in. We might not get that until it's official. Maybe they've been told not to say anything yet, Um, but I really want to hear what Jason thinks, what Jalen thinks, what Marcus thinks, what anybody who we think is going to be part of this core going forward has to say about the new hire, because you really want them to feel good about it. Um, And if they do, Sign me
3: up. You know? The access so. <laughs> the axis trio. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, all I of
2: mean, things- that's why. That's why I feel like they they had to be consulted. You know, I, I, well, I you hope Brad, so, right? Yeah, Brad. I, I think Brad has spent enough time with these guys to 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 know that enough. You know, like I I think this past year, he owes them that much at least, right? I, I'm I'm thinking it from Brad's perspective, and I just think Brad's that kind of guy. I don't think. None of this is ideal from the moment he had to, you know, transition to this new role. But he's gonna do his absolute best to 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 right the ship, and I I think that this certainly checks that box for sure. Yeah,
3: and I I like the middle ground here, and Joe Sway alluded to this at the beginning that this is a guy with real coaching chops. He's been coaching for a decade here in systems where coaching matters, specifically San Antonio there. Along with the fact that he seems to be a personality that can manage the room a little bit. Get a a little aggressive when he needs to, but at the same time, not be too hard on guys. It seems like this... And you know what you mentioned with him not being a retread, and just all the different things that come together around his personality. I think he was the ideal candidate here. You know, you got the familiarity, you got the coaching chops, you got the personality. Those are the three things you were looking for there. And uh, you know, I talked to Sharad about him on Dome Theory last week when we were running through the different candidates. Don't be surprised if he brings in a powerful assistant too—a name we recognize, like Lloyd like, Pierce. Uh,
0: that name assistant,
1: yeah.
3: No, like a Lloyd Pierce, I think. You know, Brad's enamored by him. We've seen Brad just gush about him in the past. I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job this time around. And I think there is a connection there on the coach uh, Popovich coaching tree at some point or along the way. So that's a guy I think that can be another good personality that can connect with guys in the room and also bring some coaching jobs. He wasn't a guy I would hire as head coach, but uh, he's a guy I would like having in that room. He has a lot of respect as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um-
0: yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, and, again, I, and, and Bobby, is there anything prohibiting them from officially announcing announcing? There's no, like, you know, wait until big announcements until the uh, – the, No, uh, I think we'll
3: hear very soon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we should get that pressure soon. But okay. It's so, going to be interesting how they come up with this coaching staff, right? The because staff, Brad, yeah. Like, it's going to be so – I would imagine it'd be so hard for Brad to be like, wait – really this guy or hey did you call this one or what about you know what i mean like he must have so many different uh, i always thought that was the most and 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 options for for him
3: i i always thought that was the most complicated part of brad moving the gm because now ime's in here he has his guys does that include jay i know uh the other guys gone there, Detroit now, Jerome Allen, Jerome uh, but does Allen, that include man. Scott Morrison? These guys that were on Brad's bench, I tend to think not, uh, but do they have to come to some sort of compromise there in terms of who's on the bench. I think that's going to be an interesting discussion there. Well, yeah. I was also just thinking
2: about outside, not just internal, internal uh, candidates or coaches, you know, I, I'm sure Brad obviously is well connected and has, uh, you know, plenty of ideas or at least a couple of guys in mind that would, that would jump at the opportunity that he finds is a, is an ideal fit. Maybe someone, a guy or two, or uh, you know, an assistant that he just wasn't in his position to to, to bring onto his staff because he already had. You know, he's been with that staff for quite some time.
3: I really like Lloyd Pierce. I, I'm bummed. is not on that USA staff this summer with Tatum there, which I think would be a great opportunity for them to start to work together. But Lloyd Pierce is, so that's a guy I want to see them bring in just because he can start to. Build that bond, have those conversations with Tatum. He's more of an offensive guy, so. They can start to have those conversations. He may a little more on the defensive side, which I love too. Joe Sway, this this defense needs to get back in action here. Like this team needs to get back to being a well, defensive group. Well, what is Erdogan's
0: calling card? Would you say as a coach here? What do you think his coaching philosophy is? What's what's he hanging his hat on here? Defense,
2: defense first. That's why because I love he's it. The
0: defense first guy, and I know he got to do some schematic things in Philly um, that worked to mix results, and that could have been personnel issues, obviously. Uh, obviously two years ago with that kind of mishmash lineup, but I know they had issues defending the pick and roll um, and obviously did in the Celtics series as well. I don't know how much goes to Brett, how much uh, Udoka was kind of the defensive guru of that team. So I am kind of curious what he's going to kind of bring in terms of this is, this is how we play, you know, like we talked about, you know, and if Jimmy were on here, he'd be screaming. I don't give a crap. Offense, offense, offense.
2: <laughs> no, because it's true. No, like it's like when we talked about. That the works well game. for the Nets. You need you need two <laughs> things gonna, from this team.
0: Two things desperately. I'm sorry, and I'll hear, you get your thought. No, I think you're
2: about mean. to say it, but yeah, go ahead.
0: Two, just two things desperately from this team. You need a coach who can get them to play with pace on offense and move the freaking basketball, which means ultimately get it out of Tatum's hands and don't let him you know, slow dribble it up the court, which is just, it's a choice. A coach has to say, this isn't how we're running it. We're not gonna run it this way, which also is gonna require a point guard to help kind of facilitate that. Number two, the return of defensive intensity. And we've been all over this, this off season. We talked about it during the year, and Bobby, you would make the case a ton that like, it is hard for, when your best players also happen to be your best defensive players, it is hard to sustain that level of effort necessary mm and you know, we just heard the comments from KD and uh, Leonard has been in the same boat of the intensity it takes to be a great two-way player for 40 minutes a game over the course of a season or series. It's hard. So you really just need to commit to the philosophy, playing help side defense, you know, clogging those passing lanes and doing the things that you need to do to have a good team defense, which is as much about focus as it is locking down the dynamic scorer on the other team. But you got to bring those two things that up that defensive intensity effort and focus and get them to play with pace. Do we think he can do that? And Josue, you were, you were about to jump in.
2: Uh, no, I was just going to get more to the, you know, uh, the, the, the culture of what the Celtics were before, you know, being one of those top defensive teams and, and, you know, you, you talk about the pace and space. I, I, that's an interesting point on your part because, you know, that's sort of going to be interesting to see how he's able to do that between Jalen and, and, and Tatum, the point guard, question is going to linger for a while because it's hard to you know sort of predict what this team's going to look like offensively but I'm just I don't know I'm 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 not that's out of the two I'm more concerned about the defense I just think this team has to return to being one of those top-notch teams I I think you know this the coach hiring obviously has a lot to do with that I think bringing back Al has a lot to do with that maybe not just from his you know uh just from his physical attributes you know but more as a an enforcer or someone that is going to that can lead that people will follow, you know, someone who will lead by example. So, you know, I I mean, that's going to be really important. You know, again, I just think that's what motivates this team. You know, in in games where they played unbelievable defense, you know, wasn't a whole lot of them, a handful of games throughout the course of the season, you saw how it resonates on the offensive end and how it motivates guys, but they have to be able to be, you know, have that effort night in and night out in order to be successful and being above 500 team.
3: Yeah. When you think about what Brad was looking for out of a coach here, it was going to be a guy who met his mold in terms of stylistically how he wants to play, which I think you check those boxes here in terms of a defensive emphasis along with that ball movement pace that you talk about that was so emblematic of the Spurs and the, the jazz, sp- How you know, Brad raving about the jazz all the last year and just those, You know, Popovich coaching tree teams that re-emphasize movement and defense. And I think that's what you're going to get with Udoka here. But that key difference from Brad versus this guy is the communication, the connection with players, that sort of thing, the politics inside the room. And that's where this guy gets, you know, rave reviews here. It wasn't a great season in Philly, and I think that will be the knock on him that one year in Philly. But again, we just look at who was in that room between Embiid, Horford, and Simmons, and that was never going to work, no matter who the coach was.
0: So that's the thing, too. And again, that's kind of where you want to see. And you wonder where Brad comes into play here as a – as as a coach up in the front office here and how much he's still imparting some of his coaching philosophies on the team, which is, I want us, I'm building a team to play this style. So, you know, almost like the Billy Bean art house sort of situation, like here's the guys I'm providing you because we're going to play this way. I don't know if Brad's still going to affect or influence that. What I need most of you is to implement these systems and get the most out of these guys. Mm -hmm. Cause almost everything you hear about uh, Udoka in terms of, the type of coach he is, is really about how he connects with people. You know, uh, the, as you said, Josue, that balance between um, a guy who can, and, uh, you know, Goodman recently, uh, Jeff Goodman actually um, just uh, uh NBC's. Put up on 100. Twitter, he's talking, he's talking to Rudy Gay. Um, just a couple of quotes here. And this is almost this is exactly what you've heard from a lot of different sources, a lot of different people, and described him. He's a hard worker. He coached under a guy named Greg Popovich. Uh, everyone on the team and staff respected him, Um, those guys all liked him and respected him. He's an easy guy to connect with talking about the team USA hiring also said he listens to players and, and adjusts, which again is a big thing. It's not his way or the highway. He has an edge, but he's not a hard ass. He'll stand up to guys. He's defensive minded. He values toughness. This stuff is all great. Personally. I don't love guys. I, I, this is going to sound shitty. I don't love guys who spend too much time listening. It's all good. Like I'll listen because I want you to be able to say what you want to say. We're still going to do what I say. You know, like, that's fine. You don't want to not listen to – but you are – there's always that concern with a player coach and a guy who comes in too much is like, not a pal, but a guy – you know, the, 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 it's really different to be an assistant as it is to be a head coach. The assistant can be your buddy. You might be able to talk to the assistant about stuff that's bugging you with the head coach, and he'll, right. he'll let an ear, and he can be a support guy. I'll talk to coach for you. We can, we'll can we talk. I, I hear you. Right. I hear where you're coming from, buddy. Yo, he said that? You sure? yeah. he said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can do that. You can do that. You can play the in between a little bit, but when you're the final word, you got to be a little bit more of a hard ass. So that's another tough transition going from assist. It's much easier to be assistant. You really can be a guy's buddy or, or more so. And the coach has to ultimately sometimes give it so to how much? Yeah.
3: How much did the cachet matter you? Cause that's obviously what he's missing is he played in the league, but barely, you know, like that. He, He wasn't a Chauncey. You know, he's not a guy who you come in and it's like, oh, it's it's Billups. And that's something that was mentioned around the importance of this job. I don't tend to think that was as big of a deal because I do think this isn't the Nets. You know, this isn't Kyrie, KD, and Harden going out there rolling the ball and not really needing all that much coaching to figure it out, you know, so you can stick Steve Nash out there as a figurehead who's just going to you know combine these different kinds of personalities here i do think you need it and he made this to some degree a guy who can scheme who can do different things to bridge that talent gap a little bit because this still isn't i know we think this team has more potential than they showed but it certainly isn't a roster that if they meet their mark is going to be head and shoulders above everybody they got to find different ways to bridge the gap with the best teams
0: Yeah. And and the thing I wanted to kind of fill in on the whole player coach thing, this goes back to what we're saying about Tatum and Brown kind of not not being on the clock, so to speak. But if Tatum and Brown influence this hire and this is a guy, they have to really try hard to make it work, which means they've got to they've got to give, you know, I these aren't guys who we think are stubborn by any means. This isn't two petulant superstars. These are young guys who play hard and want to get better. I think. As far as a head coach goes, you're not going to do much better than walking into a room with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as your superstars in terms of guys you got to coach. Totally different story. You walk in and you got to coach Harden and Durant. Not that they're miserable guys, but they are star, star, star with a capital S, yeah. mega stars mm-hmm. who. You know, could get a coach fired if they if he looks at him funny. You know, like right. there's a there's a much bigger pressure there. This is actually a really good opportunity for a younger coach with these guys because they're not they're not those guys yet. They could be in a couple of years. Yeah. And not from an attitude perspective, just in terms of a power broker perspective. You know, like right. you're like I wave my hand and, and and everybody's gone, sort of thing. Like Harden could do or something. Um,
2: yeah.
0: and so, it goes so the same I think way for him, thing, right? they got to work they got to work they got to work to make him succeed as well which means i think they're going to be on not to say again i'm trying not to throw too many disclaimers behind it not to say they wouldn't behave well but it really 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 benefits them to say okay we got a guy who we think we like we can connect to let's go play for this guy let's let's not do the thing we did last year which is pick and choose our moments where we're going to play you know get walked over by bad teams give up you know Consistently come out and trailing by 15 points after the first quarter, meltdown late in the fourth. You know, sulk our shoulders and this and that. It's up to those guys to be like, "We're going to help you. We're going right. to we're going to make it
2: so you succeed." I think it works. The, I think it works the same way for him. It works for, for him. Yeah. If you have like a 20 year coach who comes in, a veteran who comes in there and says, "No, this is the way I've been doing it for you know before you kids were alive. Right. You know, I'm going to do it this I way." I know the way, way to not do it. Going to work, right? Yeah, I know is- better. I, you know that's not going to work. And and, and when you look at Players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I mean, of course, they still have plenty to prove. They want to show to everyone that they can make this thing work. So you bring in a coach that you want to impress, that you want to work hard for, because you know that he's got a lot to prove as well. And we, they all want to show the city exactly why this is a good fit. And, yeah, you know, that, that that's another good reason. That's another reason why I love this this uh, this hire as my leg goes off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. This is the first time it's ever. done. I don't think it likes being on when it's really light Guys, in here. batteries, baby. No, no. I think it's the light being like, listen, man. It's not dark outside. Stop messing with me. And then it goes off. It's it's just it just, it refuses to stay on right now. Yeah.
3: That's yeah. So I you know I think coaching is a little bit more He's important than in. you do, John. But there, I do think the pressing roster questions are still <laughs> far more important than how good Udoku is going to be. You know they got to figure out what smart status is going forward i think that's a ginormous question they got to figure out who's worth continuing to grow here on the bench and who should be filled out with veterans in those positions because you know we talk about how doke is going to handle the stars here he obviously has a big task too in terms of developing rob developing romeo there's still kind of that half and half aspect of this roster where you know, you got three guys ready to go here, but you also have the whole bench last year that we saw just isn't there yet. And then they're going to have to make decisions on a bunch of other roster spots as well here. And, you know, couldn't you possibly add to this group? Who's the right guys to add to this group? Is, is Tristan part of the fold here? I still tend to think no, but that's an outstanding decision they have to make. So all those things matter much more to this upcoming team. And that's falls on Brad obviously he's done well so far as we've seen but there's still a lot of work to do here and all that stuff is going to matter a lot more than what may brings to the table as a coach you got to have some stuff to work with here I
0: don't disagree with any of that I will say it is interesting um I um just following comments and Twitter um at uh does anybody has have you seen negatives yet I haven't really seen anybody go no. out Strongly no, against. It's, it's, it's very rare when you make a decision, um, you know, like a basketball decision like this and uh, have such universal uh, praise for it. Uh, we, we, we've been talking about it for 20-something minutes. We're going to welcome I, in I it is our insider. Hey. I uh hey. the following comments and Twitter. Hey, Sherrod, I think you got our – uh, Does anybody – I do. Hear?
2: You're playing us. You're playing us. <laughs> he uh, was locked in. I am so locked in. Very and, Sherrod, you guy. can – do all the hoping you want, but Tomey's not walking through that door again, all right? Tomey, Tomey, not walking oh, through that door. Uh,
0: we, I'll give you a second to pull yourself together. But Sherrod's here. We're going to get his take as well. I've muted him. Give me a thumbs up when you figure out where that sound's coming from and whack it. Uh, somebody <laughs> just said nobody here was negative. You know, uh, Sherrod got I, like
2: 17 tabs open right now.
0: Then I see Fel- <laughs> Felger and Maz. Here he is. Is he good? Is he good?
2: Yeah, he looks like he's good. Can
0: I let him back in the room?
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's got the Birdman handshake and rope.
0: Uh, Gerard, we've kicked it around for twenty plus minutes. Right now, it seems that the um, uh, the uh, the vibe is overwhelmingly positive. Uh, you t- tell us your take uh, and any insights you have into uh, Udoka as a coach and what kind of coach you think he's going to be here.
1: Well, I, I think the biggest thing that he comes in with, which is unusual for assistant coaches, is that long. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, Joe, <Joshua, laughs> I was going to stay away from you long.
3: Sherrod I hated when I did that, that too.
1: It. The long <laughs> and short of it was I was going to stay away from Neil Long. <laughs> <I> <laughs>
3: Are we going to get Neil Long a
1: podcast? Away.
2: I don't know. That's that's a big right. question. There, first and last mention of Neil Long. Go ahead. Let's okay. make it happen.
1: Okay. No, <laughs> but uh, the, the fact that he comes from the Popovich tree, I, I think that cannot be un—that can't be overstated enough. That how important it is to have someone that's coming yeah. into the organization who doesn't just have a feel for winning, but is, is basically—I mean—he was at the foot of the Grand Poobah of the coaching tree, the the coaching forest, when you think about Popovich and what he's meant. And uh, to me, and and Bobby, I I heard you mention earlier about, you know, he hasn't really had the kind of illustrious career that a Chauncey Billups has. You know what? When you look at where the Celtics are at, they're going to need someone who understands how to get the most out of those guys, those late first, early second round, free agent type guys, guys that frankly he can relate to because he was one of them. What's uh, and, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, he has a he has a very good reputation throughout the league with players. When you look at San Antonio, one of the biggest pickups that they have from a free agency standpoint was the Marcus Aldrich. You go back and you look at who was key to that. You was when they were together in Portland. So he understands the game about how you've got to be able to be. Uh, you've got to connect with the players. But the point that John made earlier, and I thought it was a good one. We don't know how he's going to be able to handle moving six inches over now. We don't yeah. know how that's going to play out. But the key for him, I think, is putting together a staff that will complement whatever he understands are areas that he needs He needs support in. Have you met him, Sherrod? Yeah. Yeah, we've talked a few times. Good what do guy. You th- what do you think of him? I, I think he's a good guy. I think he's, a, he's he'll be a good coach. I think the jury is still out on how good a coach he will be, but – There's no question from knowing the game standpoint, he he checks that box off. Having the experience of being in a winning environment, a championship caliber environment checks off that box as well. But for me at this point, the key for him is putting the right staff together that's going to complement him. And then the other thing, too, and you guys talked about it earlier, the fact that your two best players have already signed off on this being someone they want. It makes a difference, yep. I I think that's a huge difference. I think that's one of the things, if you want to start breaking down, you know, some of the things that Brad Stevens has just absolutely aced in his short time as the GM, as the president of basketball ops, that has to be near the top of the list, and that is making sure your major decisions involve your major players. They don't have to make the decision, but keep them in the loop as to what the hell you're going to do. Okay, time for
0: one of my analogies, okay? Oh sure, Here, Here we go. Another breakup. No. It's I, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Does it involve want... you
1: along? That's what I want to know.
0: No, <laughs> okay. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, Sharon. Okay. <laughs> now we asked you. You were just asked what kind of coach he's gonna be, and you said the following things. You said uh, he's a good guy, and then you said uh, he knows the game of basketball. That's the what do you think of my friend equivalent of? She's nice. Okay. <laughs> That's what you just gave, okay? That's, you did not give a glowing over the top. This guy's a superstar up-and-comer, rising. I don't think, I, I'm, just I, saying, I, I'm just saying, if, if, if I was going only by what you just said, I'd be like, ooh. I was like, that was kind of lukewarm praise. So I'm, I'm going to circle back to it. Yes. Thank it you. It was a little lukewarm. <laughs> did you mean and, it and that The way? reason
1: the reason it was lukewarm John <laughs> is because I just think that there are a lot of unknowns about him that I'm not trying to put him on a pedestal the way we did his predecessor. Uh yeah, I, I think that's He deserves He deserves that's,
0: that's good. That's good. Yeah. I,
1: He deserves a blank slate to come in here and establish who he is because we don't know how good a head coach he's going to be. But we do know that he comes from a good pedigree. We know that he's been in the league. We know that the team's best players are all in on this guy. But we really don't. To me, like I said, and I I hate to sound like a broken record about this, but who he puts together for his staff is going to be critical to his success. Because this isn't like hiring Mike Dantoni, <laughs> who you know, no matter really who he sure. puts really on the sure. staff, the head coach is going to be that, that guy. Or a Tom Thibodeau staff where you know he's going to be that guy. Udoka is going to need to have a village around him that's going to fill in whatever gaps that he's going to have as a first year head coach, because there will be gaps, it's inevitable. But yeah. from what I know about him, and just in the times that I've communicated with him, I think he'll be fine. But again, he needs to surround himself with the right types of assistant coaches in order to be successful.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and you, and you didn't just mention the um, the Popovich tree, which, again, in, in like football circles, obviously, like the Belichick tree. I mean, some of those guys are successful. Some of them are not. It is right. hard, you know, to go, to go out there and to, you know, to do it. And not only that, some people who've gone out there and tried to emulate Bill Belichick, like McDaniels or Charlie Weiss or these, you know, uh, Bill O'Brien, you can't be that. There's only one. But what I like the most about it is I don't believe he's in the Greg Popovich style of coach. I think he had a different style than Greg Popovich in terms of his overall approach to dealing with players. And I like the fact that Greg Popovich glowingly signs off on him because Greg Popovich doesn't say nice things about anybody. Well, I mean, he does, but... You know what he's not a guy who's who's going to just toss around praise just cuz he feels like it. He's I think if he says it he means it. And you certainly want among all not just having coached under him but among all of the endorsements I like the best uh, is the fact that Popovich really 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 believes in his guy and again right. you're always gonna have a loyalty to your old assistants and you want to see them get ahead but you can also say nothing and i think he really believes in this guy as a head coach which i think is uh is uh is a good thing and as we said we have the uh player um uh, endorsements as well i am i really do want to see them come out publicly hopefully when this is official and say some nice things in here because that's going to make celtics fans feel a little bit better Um, but I, I assume that they will, I assume that they're going to like this move. Um, I'll ask you this, Sherrod, do you think he was their first choice or do you think they read the tea leaves on Chauncey and thought, um, we're not going to get this guy. So let's
1: just make this move now. That's a great question, John. I, I, have been, you know, texting around trying to get a sense of that and and haven't heard anything definitively on that. Um, but I, I, get the feeling that this was their guy. I mean, if Chauncey was the guy that they wanted, they would have offered offered him to him. And if they did offer to him, and he said, eh, "I don't know," well, then they immediately move on. I, I I think the the fact that this this falls in line with what Brad has already started off doing, and that is making decisive decisions and moving on to the next next thing to do. You look at the trade for Al that came about ridiculously quick. You look at bringing in in Udoka again, another fairly quick move when you think about it. Um, And it makes sense. I mean, I I guess I would feel a little bit differently if, like, for example, everyone knows Chauncey was a guy that I would have loved to have been here. But when you look at you look at Yudoka's body of work and you look at Chauncey's, you can make a legitimate case, a very strong case that Yudoka has a stronger body of work and is the more qualified candidate. Uh, And I have no problems with that. But uh, again, just like if Chauncey were hired and he was going to be who he surrounded himself with, the same thing holds true for Yudoka.
2: You know it's interesting too because Danny moved the complete opposite, right? At least in my opinion, right? It seemed like everything was he took his time with almost everything, whether it was free agents, whether it was making the right trade. We can wait
3: know, till the offseason. When <laughs> to cash in those
2: assets. I'm sure a lot of Celtics fans have an opinion about that, that he may have waited way too long in some cases. Whereas Brad has been the complete opposite. I don't know, just something to think about, something to uh something I've noticed so far because uh you know it's just the complete opposite compared to Danny. And for someone that's been working Underneath Danny for what seven years? It's interesting to see how he's deciding how, how he's going to do things. You look at a coach like Ime Odoka coming into a situation where he was under Popovich, you know, for a long time. Went to Brooklyn, had a couple of other situations, which is a good thing, you know. Compare and contrast. Also, I don't think he's the kind of coach that's thinking he has to be Popovich. I think the the advantage of being in those in that situation for so long and other situations is that you're able to take all that and create your own style. And you know, I I, I feel very confident. Or at least I should say uh, comfortable with this hiring with, with, with guys like Tatum and Brown signing off on it. But also the fact that these all, all three of these guys, including Marcus Smart as well, you put that put him in there as well. Um, they all have a bit of a history so together with Team USA.
3: What does that say? Because it is interesting that that came out through the reports now that Smart gave us the seal of approval too. I didn't necessarily go into this offseason thinking that Smart was – and I felt this way at the deadline too, part of their future – and I know obviously you want to make them feel that way. Yeah. You want to make yeah. them feel that way now. And they can ultimately change. You're smart, there, you but- don't want
0: to go. You're like, Hey, I like this guy too. Let's do it. Let's go. You know,
3: I'm just interested how they view him ultimately because or not. he sends that text, Yo, I heard uh, they might give you
2: Doka. Is that true? And they're like, uh, We knew about that a week ago, bro. <laughs> yeah, this right. is
3: this is such a critical time with him because whether they extend him, whether they decide to bring him in the next year on an expiring contract, which I think could be really tricky, or they decide to make a significant move here to move on from him. all three of those paths are tough to call. I don't mean
0: to completely circle back to smart and like, you know, do this all over again, but over the last 48 hours, I am totally lost about what this what the organization thinks of him, what the teammates think of him, what his place is here, whether or not he's a he's a so Brad he's a net positive or negative. I'm all over the map on it. I I really don't know anymore. Don't listen to those
2: reports, John. Don't listen
3: to those reports. It's well, not that, of course, it just, the reports I, are where looped them in. Brad it, said I consulted Jalen and Jason. He didn't say Marcus. You no, know, yeah. no, I'm talking about the Marcus reports, the the the,
2: the yeah. negative Marcus reports about him. you know, the oh the okay. with Brad. It's not even that. Marcus re- I don't want French you to think that they, that Brad is smart. Oh, no, not that was Brad and Kemba rather. But you know, just the overall vibe in the locker room was off, and that like he's on the wrong side of the. That's
0: what I'm the, wondering. The, what side of things he's
2: on? Yeah, I, I, I feel like you know, think that's he, all. Yeah, he's on the wrong side of it. But it has to do with those reports does it or you just you're, yes, you're yeah this off of the, a little the, of that just out.
0: a little of you know just listening to i just through our conversations it's a developing opinion as i like to say i just as time moves on i'm trying to figure out where i land on this because i've i you know i've always you know I, I don't bat stuff around usually i've got kind of a I, i'm really all over the place on marcus right now I, it's, it's interesting i gotta tell you guys another thing you know through the course of the season the most popular name that we would see in the chat was was Grant Williams which was freaking hilarious you yeah. know who's num- you know who's number one name in our chat the last couple times we've been out here Robert Williams no cornet what's your favorite what's your favorite side dish on thanksgiving
2: mashed
3: potatoes
0: yam <laughs>
3: yeah, Madar.
0: yam madar is Freaking blowing up the chat.
2: He's everywhere.
3: He'll be on the team next year.
0: (laughs) Unreal. People are convinced
2: Yam is the savior. Yeah, shout out, shout out for uh
3: (laughs) All Yam needs to do is be better than Sammy, be better than people are answering real. The answer is stuffing. But uh, uh, obviously, <laughs> no it's mashed potatoes, man. Come but, on, no
0: man. stuffing is the king. Not only stuffing, the the best side dishes on Thanksgiving are, are are your first stuffing, then your second stuffing, then the third stuffing, and then everything else <laughs> after that. Okay, if you're entering Thanksgiving with fewer than 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 three stuffings, you're doing it wrong. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was but, getting
3: I was getting yam <laughs> tweets a long time ago, but,
0: but yeah, you get two
2: him. different stuffings. That's true. He, That's a good point. Yes, you need two different stuffies if, if not three. Two different if there's two yeah different <laughs> versions of the same side, that's the best side.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good uh but yam, people are all over that. It's cracking me up here. This is like he's kind of got taken on that Gershon Yabuselli, you know. No, uh, I think that's a mystery, think, mystery, mistaken, mystery man sort of
2: vibe. Bobby's bowl. Bobby yeah. mentioned him and I think that's how the the chat got all excited, if I'm not mistaken.
3: I don't know. No, I mean people are tweeting him, uh, me about him like before I would even pick up on him. Like a guy on draft night. We were logging off, and I was like, "Oh, they got Yam too." And John was like, "Good night." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for coming out.
3: <laughs> All right, we out. Have-
0: Bobby was like, "Yes," you know. He's like, he's texting me. We could go another hour on Yam alone. I was like,
1: "I'm off that." No, no,
3: no. He's young. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't He's Like twenty years there. old, fairly young guy. Yeah, Six he three, needs some. Guy. He needs some development. But again, if you want to bring him in here on that two way deal next year. It's nice no. to have a guy closer here than playing out in the Israeli league. Again, they they kept Gershon out in China for too long, and that was a problem. There was a reason why he was out in China. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't because they were just yeah. – didn't want him to come over. Yeah, They saw the same – There's thing. a reason. Hey, yeah. Gershon Gershon and, uh, and he's got all
2: those stamps in his passport, Bobby. You
3: know? If you're interested in, uh, in some Spanish league basketball next year, Gershon – Vincent Poirier, they're teaming up on Real Madrid next year. That's going to be a front court yeah, to watch. The, rather
0: than left him out there too long, the question is whether they ever should have brought him back. They <laughs> the, the, the brought him. Period. The the the, the legend of Gershon Yabusele would have lived on uh, forever. if They just never brought him back. You know, For dancing the dancing here, the French Termon's Green. That yeah. is
3: funny because yeah, some teams do do that. They have those. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that guy's name.
1: So, uh, Green.
3: Uh, this guy oh Sergio Yule, has been like a rocket stash guy for like a decade in Madrid, and yeah. like their fans are still like, "Ooh, maybe he'll come one day."
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: to be their head coach. He's too <laughs> old to play.
2: Yeah. You know, those, those. people, bad, I mean, I, I always, I always have an appreciation for people like that. You know, oh, this guy, this that, because. There was always there was a couple of those guys. I give them their props talking about a a, a kid, a sixteen year old kid named Luca Doncic years ago. So, I'm not saying that's the case with these guys, but I will applaud those people for keeping
3: tabs. But you know, some of these guys, it's just I know, like, but those oh, guys, uh, some of these guys, guys nah, man, it's not, it, it's not it. Those guys go in the first round, though. Yam was like what forty seventh. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Dra- Dragon
0: Bender also goes. Yeah, in the but first that's, round, the, so. that's, that's
3: true. the thing, though. Like I, the, the guys who were
2: no, <laughs> you have to bring draft, up Bender. Kid, you know it's like uh,
0: nico nicole whatever it was skidish vili you know like you've got a lot of guys who come and you're like oh whoops you know like <laughs> don't forget about darko
3: yeah darko hey, i guess i guess Jokic was second round too former so it is celtic, a bit of a mixed bag
0: former celtic darko milicic did he was he here for 48 hours 24 hours it was like the shortest stint At of least any player. Two. oh my yeah. god yeah um so like anyway an Moving off of this stuff, this is good. Um, it's a good thing. We're looking again, hopefully, to uh, you know, get some player reaction. We want to hear from the team on this coach as well. But what's the next what are we looking at next order of business here? It's, again, it's obviously you have, you know, I think most of any other moves are probably going to be done after the draft at this point, I would think. Um, I mean, do you see another big move coming? Anybody see anything big happening here prior to uh hey, Kurt,
3: I don't think they're dependent on the draft because they don't have a pick. They're right. not, but I mean, the whole idea of
0: you're going to make a move and you want to trade another first round pick, you have to wait until after. Oh, so yeah. you're gonna are you gonna keep making moves now, or are you gonna wait until the new league year and then you start doing stuff there? Um, you know, after after everything is uh, complete, I'm not well, entirely sure.
3: A lot, a lot of their stuff's going to be trade dependent, but most of that stuff will obviously include a pick, like filling that TP. Although that TP does have to be filled before the year we uh the league year ends because it expires at that point yep, so that's yep. something we could see done before the draft um other than that you're looking at tristan what, what's going to happen with him and that big man front court as a whole and then a big smart decision at some point are they going to extend them are they going to extend yeah, rob those are the, the things smart, you're looking at. no i mean it's, it's it, you a you don't have to trade them you could extend them uh, and then if you don't do any of those things i like i think it's a weird setup next year like everyone's going to be like, Oh, it's smart sticking around. The smart part of this is going to get traded. Think, there's just going to be so much he, chatter all year. I don't think he's, I don't think he's off limits, but I just don't think he's a must trade guy. No, know? I don't either. I think you make the right deal for him. And if not, you keep him around. Uh, but yeah. it does get complicated in that room. Like, you know, there's a guy who wanted to get paid four years ago and now he's still not getting that respect, that money, that kind of treatment that he thinks he deserves. Like, I think that's, with all the stuff we've read about now, too, just in terms of him in the room, it gets really complicated there when they're trying to mend those fences in a very, you know, frankly, dysfunctional room from what it sounds like. Yeah, this is – I need Sherrod to uncover the truth here. So
0: um, I'm not your editor. I can't assign you. But I think that this is – this one's got you written all over it what here. Yeah. No, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll get it. He doesn't have it yet, but he'll get it. Um, oh, I thought you were saying it. Okay. Yeah, he'll get it. Um, because it is interesting. You really want to see I, – I, I am – really interested with where things go again it's it's interesting with me with the smart thing how many people have um not only got, have moved to the opinion of you gotta get rid of him now like he doesn't he doesn't i know
3: that's it. not how i feel
0: again no, I, so do. Right. I i'm I, like i yeah. said I'm, i am getting a lot, i'm getting that from a lot of places
2: in that too you, you know I, the, I'm, you I'm surprised That's a fly to Bobby on that on
3: that train too. No, and and you know what? Me and me and John kind of flipped on this. It's very interesting because John has been saying forever, this guy. This guy doesn't have value. You're, you're not going to get anything for him. <laughs> and then I mentioned I mentioned a Kyle Lowry trade and you're like, you're going to trade Smart for Lowry? Why would you do that? Yo, you it's said Smart bad.
2: and Robert Williams and Robert
0: Williams. You, you were throwing a lot into that trade. Yeah. What I said was You're doing a lot that night. Cuz I want to make it happen. You're putting a lot of eggs into the basket of a 35-year-old player. That was more the issue, not that
1: there's so this is where you and I And that's the problem. The yeah, the, the fact that you I mean you're you're Trying to put in new money for an old, you know, machine. I thought that's what they need. Again, you
0: you need that if you're like on the cusp of something. If you're there, there, that would be. Bobby you, keep, be. Bobby, you keep trying to make moves for like now. Like Fournier was a great move for a team that was close and had everything except for wing depth. The Celtics had, you know, a thousand problems and Fournier wasn't fixing anything in any real sort of way. I feel that way with Lowry too. I love Lowry, which is to say if if somebody left Lowry out on the cor- out on the curb, you know, and said, hey, you know sent out an email to the neighborhood who wants a Kyle Lowry, I'd r- I'd be run out my door and be like, oh my God, this guy's perfect. But if someone puts it on eBay and, perfect. and a bidding war starts, like I don't know that you want to get into a bidding war. I'm well gonna, there's a want, reason that you there's want there. to get a ton you, of want,
2: assets. you want it to be you want it to be the Toronto Raptors doing the guy a solid. Okay, look, we see where you are at your stage of your career. We're clearly hitting the reset button here. Let's put you in a situation where you can win and succeed. And obviously we want some assets as well, you know, so forget Rob. Forget first Or maybe a young
3: guy. And, you know, obviously Tristan Thompson. Yeah, so throw, throw Rob there. out of it. Because I i understand why you guys don't want to move him. If it's just smart Thompson and a future protected Ferris, you wouldn't do that? It's tempting. I think about it. I think, I think that would be it. a slam dunk. Especially so since I'm you moved Austin on that I'm, deal, too. If I do that, I'm on the assumption that. The Celtics are have
2: no interest of, of bringing Marcus back. Well, obviously, but I'm saying like money wise, like you're trying to make this thing work. But I just
3: don't like. With I Kyle just think is o- so much better than Smart.
0: Yeah, he's also eight years older. I mean, seven years older. That's you got to factor it in. You know, like yeah. it all depends. Like money matters because here. you do not want to get a raise. Like that's. But you thing. do,
3: you do have a chance here. If Lowry really changes that room, brings the passing that you need. Uh, you know, much better shooter, a guy who can threaten to score off the dribble, defender, all these I things. Like, yeah, you player. have you have a you know not like a Brooklyn big three, but you kind of have like a Phoenix big three here, and we see what the power of that would be. Yeah, like, do The know thing about that. those big threes that that you talk about it, and,
1: and when those teams come together, you know why yeah, they come know. together? It's because the they want to play together.
3: They yeah. want to
1: play together. Well, Larry, we have, have to Hawaii want to play, play not here. Want to be here. Oh well, that's I, not good. It, <laughs> why would he want to be here? What's chance to in? win? Chance to win. You think he's got a significantly greater chance to
3: win here than the, all all? Listen, other you know how people? I feel about Miami. He could go to Miami. I just I'm just not seeing it. New York.
2: Anymore. I'm thinking L A. New York. I
1: mean, oh. it, it, but see, it, this is the thing. I'm thinking LA. New York,
3: L A. All these cities. Those
1: are the cities that the Celtics. When guys have ch- options. They kind of choose those options more
3: times than yeah, not, but the
2: Celtics not going to be on top of that list.
3: That's true. I do think the Lakers one would be interesting because they could flip Schroeder for him, and that probably appeals. Yeah, to Lakers, Toronto. I
2: think is, is that would be at the top of his list. You know.
1: Yeah, I just That's, can't. I can't. I can't even embrace the concept of him ever being a Celtic. I don't think he wants it. I don't think they have anything of value to give up in a sign
0: and trade. I think he has choice in the matter yeah, here. The way it I, happens
2: is if the Celtics, like the, again, the Brats are doing them solid. Like, look. Here, whatever stuff, you whatever you want is fine. You know, like that kind of deal. And obviously, that wouldn't be a market smart. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead, John.
0: No, that's it. I I just don't see it as plausible for all from all sides. It's one of those like I want that player, but there's no path to getting him. And I, I think Lowry kind of fits there.
1: Is because he would if, be a great fit. I mean, great fit. I actually agree. Yeah. He'd be a great fit, but Chris Paul would be a great fit. Yeah, um, yeah. LeBron. There's a lot of guys that would be a great. Fit. Yeah.
3: Goodman I jumping on. No, I, I'm
1: not going to co-sign a well,
3: like Goodman no. co-signing this today uh, was exciting to me. I know that's why he got. Yeah.
0: When when somebody agrees with Bobby, he does get really excited. Uh, no, I mean
3: Goodman. Goodman's been right about just about everything this off season. Like he's he's on a roll here. I don't yeah. like his Bo Brown he's thing though. That's right. where we're. That's where we're always going to butt heads. I would not do that in a million years.
2: No, that's his greatest hit. You're <laughs> <That laughs> saying that all year long, man. That's just play that's the just hits. Hot, that's a part <laughs> top and single right there. No,
0: that's the new stuff. You go to see the Jeff Goodman show, you want him to play the hits. So,
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's <is for> <laughs> So, yeah. So that's definitely one of them. Right, yeah.
2: interesting too. You me. With Jeff Goodman, that means that you you I... you buying that, you're buying that car. You know what I mean? You buying that album, that CD. Like I said, I think we have that to look point deeper. guard
3: thing. So, like if you're keeping smart and you're largely just rolling it forward here, you got to really be confident. Smart can play that point guard spot all year. I long. Bet They need
0: something. Uh, yeah. This is a really important one. Like I said, I'm willing to give up a lot to get the guy you absolutely know you like. I'm not willing to. So again, the, 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 the trade, a whole bunch of stuff guy is Lonzo. If it's doable. I'm not sure if it is the, see if you can sign him and squeeze him in, uh, is Dinwiddie, you know, and then you start to go below those guys and see, Well, here's, here's smart where, I your bargain basement sort of picks, you know. But could you convince someone like Dinwiddie to say, Come here, you have no, co- there's no competition yeah. for you. You're my starting guy, you're the point guard. You get to play with these no, guys. I
3: just think there's too much, too many teams going to be interested in him to pay big money for him, too. Maybe, yeah. Plus, he's going to be thinking about it. Oh, I'm
2: going to be a third option, you know. Maybe that means a lot to him. Maybe it doesn't. I don't, it's hard to say. I
0: think you. I think you remove some pressure when you go somewhere and you don't have to be the primary guy.
2: um But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Yeah, but won. if you're like a, bo- more, if you're guy. more of a seasoned vet, though, right?
3: I mean, this guy. This guy's gonna cash out. He's got yeah, man. He put together here.
2: one heck of a, a, demo reel, if you will. You know, for 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 potential, you know, max money suitors. I, I don't know. I I just think he's gonna be one of those guys just out of the Celtics' range. Yeah. Oh, oh, there goes gosh. John. John's
3: gone.
2: Go. See, Lonzo, that's different. Robert, Marcus, some picks. Well, well, I still won't get awesome. it done. I still won't get it done, right, Sherrod? Would it? I don't think so. It's not. it's
1: not. I don't think so. Lonzo, look, that's listen. You're you're talking about you know trying to move into the suburbs. Lonzo is like top of the the you know the the that high rise. Yeah. Goes to Rod's real
2: estate. yeah, you,
1: you, you real just estate. don't have the capital to get that that high-rise real estate Analogies. crib
3: nah, yeah 100%. i also for the money he's gonna make as you mentioned this rod i just i still don't know if he because that's your big three and that's why i'm against ben simmons too people tossing around that idea like that's not a flyer that's not oh let's just see how it goes that's all right we're locking in on this guy is the third big three that's or a the nosedive. That's not the, yeah. That's a nosedive. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the, it's Tatum, Brown, and Simmons. Tatum, Brown, and Ball for the next four years. So yeah. that's that's why that one's a little more tricky. But at some point, you do have to make a decision there. Who's going to be that third guy? The interesting thing here, and this is something to really watch this offseason, Brad keeps talking about flexibility. Uh, you know And that, uh, the math panned out that in this Horford trade, if you – Jump out of that contract next year—the partially guaranteed one—you do open up a max slot next off season, and the only way that you can maintain that is keeping smart on that expiring deal, not extending Rob, you letting Fournier go for nothing. You need to bite some bullets this off this off season, make this a bit of a bridge year to maintain that cap space. That's going to be really interesting because I think it's tough to bite that bullet this year. But if you really think someone would come next offseason and you want to have that space open, you do have to do all of those things to maintain it. So that's going to be a really tough decision for them this summer. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Robert's going to qualify an offer for $10 million next year, right? Yeah, so, they could bring him the restricted. So that makes a that one much easier.
2: You don't have to you – don't. you you're not under the pressure to having to re-sign him on top of trying to chase down a, a top-tier free agent. So Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's uh, – yeah, again, next summer is the year, especially now that you – well happened a while ago, but they you know they traded off
3: Kemba. You you're you're positioning yourself nicely. You could go after Beal. You could if he wants to come. No, we don't have uh-huh. you, John. No, it's still I still we still don't got you, John.
1: No John.
2: No John. See Beal Beal, my mind is Jalen says, F this, I'm out, get me out of here. Like I, I just think that's the That's a
3: good that's point. The,
2: I, I think that's the path to, to, to Bradley Good. Can
3: you – and, and well, uh, Sharad, you can fill us in a little bit on this. Like, w- is there – would there be enough interest there to warrant – kind? I don't want to say throwing out a year because they could still be competitive this year like they were last year to some degree before all the nonsense hit at the end. But you're really not putting yourself in the best position to win this year if you're kicking the can down the next summer. No. I mean,
1: and, and that's really the dilemma that they – are going to run into. I mean, what's the smartest path? Do we make moves now for the moment or do we start building it to create avenues for growth in the future? This is where this is where Brad's going to earn his money. This is where he's going to have the potential to have a franchise altering impact, similar to what Danny did back in 2007 when he went out and got Ray Allen and he got Kevin Garnett. And then next thing you know, they literally went from worst to first, uh in, in the NBA. The Celtics are nearly in as just, you know, destitute as that team was at 07 squad. Yeah. But it's not like they are rolling with the big dogs either. I mean, yeah. they they're kind of in that middle they're like in that that middle class of the NBA, which is not where you want to be. You either want to be at the back of the line or the front of the line. In the middle is not where you want to be and that's kind of where they are right now.
3: Yeah, and that is that age approach is how you win it all. Yeah. You, you you save all that flexibility for the biggest talent. You put all that talent together and you figure it out. And that's what Brooklyn did here. That's what Golden State did. That's really the only way to win in this league. Like you can have one-off runs, like Phoenix is doing here, and who knows, Phoenix might even be better than we can imagine with those core two there. Um, but for the most part, you get you compile the biggest stars and you make that run. So that's the argument for going all in on a deal, free agency or whoever else it would be over the next year or two. It's just, you, you really siphon a lot of players, assets, whatever you want to call it in the process there. Like Fournier is going to walk for nothing. All of a sudden that Hayward deal that you made is just oof, gone. Um, you know, you, you're probably going to lose smart in that process for nothing. You're probably going to lose Rob eventually if you're going in that path. So like, it's a risk, but what else are you going to do here? Like, you know, like people blast, Ainge for the Kyrie thing now. It's like, oh, could you have just kept Roger and that young core? I don't think it's certain that that young core grows into a championship team. You got to, like, go really go after the biggest free agents, the biggest trade targets, put the best team possible together, and it just didn't work out. It could have been a different world. No, I, I, I'm never going to question that deal. I mean,
1: I, I think you do that deal 100 times out of 100. You got a chance to get a perennial all-star who has – more than one year left on this deal, and in exchange, you're giving up a wing who you've already, you got somebody coming in and replaced Jay Crowder, you give up a point guard, and you're getting a better point guard in the deal. What What? what am I missing here? Yeah. How is this bad? I mean, on paper, I mean, obviously it didn't work out, but we're all working, everyone is working with hindsight. Hindsight yeah. never, never fails, never, never loses. Right, right. right. But, and that moment, it made absolute perfect sense. And you got in the connection. His dad used to play in Boston. I mean, it, I can't It was hate all this, about Haysworth. Many made some decisions that I did not agree with. This was not one of
2: them. No, I, yeah. I don't I,
1: know how you can.
2: I'm with you. I'm with you, too. If anything, I give Danny props for having the stones to do it, you know? Uh, to this day, some people would say that some players, that, that still doesn't sit right with them that he did that, you know, given – what Isaiah Thomas went through that year, but that's Danny, right? I mean, Danny's gonna do whatever it takes. I I used to say uh, Danny will trade his mom if it means it makes the Celtics better. Like he's just that kind of ruthless approach. So you know what? I'll even do you one better. I mean, some people, who Celtics fans, want to go back into time and and say, you know what? Celtics should just be up on Terry Rozier and, and they should have never traded for Kimball Walker. Like, how do you not do that deal if you're? Yeah, the I agree ball, on that one too. To replace Unreal. one all-star point guard with another, like no GM's going to going to go the other route. No GM's going to say, you know what, I'm gonna get the young guy some run here. So you know, Terry Rose at that time, who obviously wasn't even one of their top, uh, you know, young younger players in comparison to, to Jalen and, and Tatum.
3: So the only reason I would disagree with that, Joe Sway, is if they looked at his medical and said, this isn't great, but we'll deal with it. We'll we'll take the risk. It's Kemba. Maybe it'll work out. Because again, think they I, took the risk because they're going to look yeah. at Terry Rozier, and, and, and let's face it,
2: he didn't have the greatest attitude throughout that year, right? I mean, and rightfully so, Terry Rozier took a lot. You know, he had to take a lot of a, a, a cut in his playing time and, and and his touches. Some games it seemed like he played six, seven minutes, and you could see in the locker room how frustrated he was some nights. So I don't know. I just think you take all that together, and you think uh-huh. about what Kemba was throughout the course of his career before he came to Boston. A perennial all-star, the kind of player he was, the reputation he had. You compare it to what the Celtics went through with their point guard and Kyrie Irving. It was just a no-brainer. It was almost like the fixer was going to come in and sort of help things from the locker rooms perspective and on the floor. Man, those first couple of months of his tenure in Boston, Kemba Walker was just—it just seemed like a perfect. It was a match. In I, I I
3: agree with that. For but the now organization. That we, now that we know what we know about the knee. It was a, I don't know. Like, we'll never know, Sharad. Like, we don't have the medicals. We don't know what Ainge was looking at when you know, they signed like that deal. Maybe company. it was just bad luck.
2: It's like having that flawless Honda right after you hit that, you know, 150,000 mile mark. Like, man, this thing has. I know, so but I then, then you got off the
3: dealership and the tires went flat. Yeah, and all of a yeah, sudden you need a sure. new.
2: But <laughs> with the oil change, man, this car is, this car is never going to break down. And then it breaks down and then it breaks down again and again and again. Like, like three miles the from the
3: lot. You were cruising. Nothing.
2: One thing after another, it's, a, it's something different. It's just yeah. what happened with Kemba.
1: Yeah, but the thing with Kemba was that typically when guys have the kind of season he had in terms of injuries, there's a clear pattern before you bring them into your, your family, your team. Kemba was Mr. Iron Man in Charlotte. I mean, he played big minutes, didn't miss games, did all the things that made you feel as though when he gets to Boston – he's going to be good because he's been good everywhere. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Yup, this this, this Honda Accord, has got a lot of miles on it. It looks good. It looks like it runs pretty good. But at some point, you know, in the back of your mind, it's going to break down because there's yeah. a lot of miles right. on this thing. Yeah, but, but you're, right, you're right. There's a difference
2: between 150 and 200,000, right? Let's face it, 28, 29. Yeah, for guards, that's a little up there, but he's still underneath 30, right, at the time, right? And you're thinking, okay, well, let's be realistic. We're, this isn't going to be a five-year window, but I think the Celtics were looking at is as three years of consistent, you know, uh, production, offensive production, someone that they could rely on at that point guard spot. But then one, one half season into it, things started to, you know, go south.
1: Yeah, and and, and never got better. And I think that's the thing that's that's really frustrating was that they went to painstaking lengths to help Kimba be physically ready for the games that matter, which are the playoffs, and it didn't right. work. It, it yeah. just didn't work. Whether and the reasons we, we'll never know fully what the reasons were, whether you know Kimba didn't take the you know the, his rehab as serious as he needed to, or whether he just he did that, but just the basketball gods had other plans for him. Yeah. We're never going to know. But bottom line is, Kemba didn't get it done. I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't get it done, and that's why he's not here anymore. Because if he he were having those injury issues, but when he was really healthy, he was playing at an elite high level consistently, he'd still be here. What was happening, he was having – he'd come back and he'd play great. Then he'd have a couple games not so great. Then he'd play great. It was all over the map. You can't have one of your big three giving you that, you know, that up and down game. That doesn't work. You're not winning. You're not going anywhere. Literally, his season was, I thought – symbolic of their season. They were a 500 team, good, bad, about the same. That's kind of how Kimball was. Yeah, but that stretch in
2: April, man, talk about a tease. What was that, six games averaging 32, you know, points and and scoring at a high rate? What was it, it uh, shooting over 50%? He was knocking down threes, you know? Like, it was just this, this, it seemed like the Celtics had planned it out perfectly for him to go into the postseason and ride that momentum, but it just just crashed. The car crashed. It It was a wrap. Now, question is, Strahd, it's not total loss, though, is it? Like, what's next for Kemba? I don't, think, I don't think he's in Oklahoma City, but if they end up flipping him, what what's the destination you think that uh, he ends up going?
1: I think he'll wind up in New York. I, I think it, it just makes so much sense for where like he's that. at, what that team needs. And, you know, all you got to do to get somebody out of OKC is dangle a first-round pick. <laughs> for real. I mean, that, that's, that's literally all you need. We'll give it's you like dating, a half-eaten right? – Ham sandwich that's been on the floor for <laughs> seven months and a first-round pick. We got a deal. You,
2: you got a it. deal. It's like Danny in 2014. Man, yeah. just flipping picks. Just anything for yeah. a pick. Pick, pick.
1: Yeah. So I I, I think Kimball will wind up in New York. Um. I, I, and I think he'll do well there because the level of expectations for them is different than it is in oh, Boston man. and a lot of cities. They I basically got to get Dude. to the playoffs again. Get to the playoffs. Get to the second round Maybe. Season success.
2: He's gonna be repping BX. You know how he is. What if he if he does that? That's gonna be that'll be great for him. That'd be a great story. Yeah,
1: He'll be, yeah. be happy I mean, to I, And him. I hope his story does have a happy ending because he is a yeah. good dude. Uh, you you want to see him do well. But bottom line, he just didn't get it done when he was in Boston. Point blank.
2: I would just love to see him compete. You know, on at a high level. You know, just a, a deep playoff run. Whichever situation it is maybe it is New York. You know, something like that. Because I, I just. You know that the talent and what he's been through. It's just a tough. It's a tough break. It's a tough break, but it's one that had to happen between him and the Celtics.
3: Now Oklahoma thinks, and obviously they lost the lottery last night. Probably rightfully so with how they handled it. Yes, and you know, like Pistons. Yeah, Detroit. But, you know, they they, they did. it's almost like karma in a lot of ways, the way this stuff shakes out. I know Houston kept their pick. They probably didn't deserve it from a karma perspective. But Detroit did a lot of good things the last year or so to redeem themselves, go young, find some nice projects to roll with going forward, like Jeremy Grant, and build a bit of of an identity.
1: Don't forget about Stewart.
3: Yep, Stewart. Former Syracuse commit didn't end up coming. That's becoming like a a storyline now around that. I wasn't going to bring that up, Bobby. (laughs)
1: <laughs> going, well, you know, what
3: Dior <laughs> Johnson committed Oregon the other day, and I'm just like, oh, here we go again. But anyway, Al Corford is going to be introduced by the Celtics tomorrow. Word on that just came down. So we'll have another presser tomorrow. Uh, Reintroduced. The way this offseason's going, it's feeling like we're going to have two shows a week with how much news there is. So keep it tuned here. Subscribe to the podcast version. Um, real quick, Sherrod, before we go, I didn't get you to weigh in on this. As far as Udoka's staff goes, what do you think we're gonna see? Yo, some of his guys or some of these Celtics guys staying?
1: I think you'll see a mix of the two. I, I don't, and I think for some of the Celtics guys, they may be moved from the bench to maybe scouting role. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but I, I don't think I don't think Udoka gonna come in here and just absolutely you know gut everyone. Uh, and, and I think that may have been something that him and Brad had a conversation about before he took the job. Uh, How does he plan to proceed in that regard? I don't think there was any type of mandate where Brad said, you must keep this one and this one and this one. But I would be very surprised if you didn't see at least one or two assistant coaches
3: stick around. Yeah. That's overall how I feel about this hire. A bit of a compromise. It's Brad's style. It's a different flair. And to some degree, you're going to still see Brad's imprint on this team just in terms of how they play and how they approach things. And Doka is going to be a guy who, Hopefully, can manage the personalities a little bit differently and bring some new perspective into that room. So overall, I'm a fan. Joe Sway gave it the seal of approval. Jerome, gonna see how it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna see how it goes. I mean, I, I just it's it's hard for me to get really, really, really pumped up about Udoka only because everything on paper makes me feel like these are gonna be pretty good, but there's something gnawing non- at me in the back that's just like. He's got to have it's got to be the right situation, right scenario, right people around him in order for him to, I think, be really great. Because there are very few coaches who, as assistants, establish a certain style about them that, you know, when they become a head coach, that's going to be how they work. We saw that with Thibodeau. We knew he was going to be a defensive taskmaster when he got a chance to run his own team. Yudoka, he understands the game. He's a former player. I think he'll do a good job. But he hasn't shown enough as an assistant to where you have a sense of what he's going to be like as a head coach. So the jury, to me, is still out on him. But I'm optimistic that he's going to do well. Um, but by no means am I sold on him.
3: All yeah. right. So we'll, we'll do a uh, we'll do a Spotify green room at some point this week. Stay tuned for that. For now, Ime Udoka, new coach of the Celtics, for Sharad, yes, for John, who. Just dipped out of here. I don't know where he went. But. No, real quick. Can we talk about Jay Williams for like a minute?
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say real quick. Can we talk about Neil Long for a minute? That's
3: what I thought. You
2: were <laughs> that can't be a minute, man. That's going to take a while. Jay Yo, Williams happened, happen, How does that happen?
3: Come on, Boston man. can't win. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's let's,
2: let's keep it hundred, man. You know how that happens. You know how that happens because people forget. Okay, when when Kyrie Irving was saying all that, you know, talking about the the city of Boston and racism, all that. He just conveniently loves to leave out the history of what Red Auerbach means to this league, what uh, Bill Russell meant to this league, you know, what the city of Boston what well, or at least the organization meant to this to the game of basketball, you know? And then here oh. comes Jay Williams, "Oh, look at the Celtics, they got diverse." Oh, oh the first black head coach. Come on, man. That's re- that's embarrassing. Rivers. Huh?
1: Exactly, eight mean, years we're, ago. We're not talking about like Bill Russell. We're not talking about Sash. We're not talking about. K- we're talking about Doc Rivers, dude. You see that dude damn near every damn week when you've been on your job. <laughs> this is this is the issue though, Joe. This is and it bugs me that people the people outside of of this area have this 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 fixation with conflating the Boston Celtics and their history with. The city of Boston city, and it's exactly history. they Thank are not Shira. the same. Thank you, Shira. they never I have knew, been.
2: I knew you feel me on this one because obviously, you know, you didn't grow up in this city and you you know the vibes, you know how people and you've been here long enough to know to differentiate, you know, obviously, and to also, also feel passionate about it. For I sure. have
1: this conversa- I have this conversation at least once a month with somebody, having to put them in check that the organization, the city are not the same, they're right. not the same. And if you take a nanosecond to actually get your ass out your get your head out your ass and actually do some research, you will see that the Celtics as an organization have been at the, there've been trailblazers in almost every significant moment historically in terms of race relations, in terms of diversity. That's why, you know, the fact that they're hiring him, it's a little surprising that they're not hiring like, you know, a a Becky Hammond or someone like that uh, to continue that, that, that long history of being the first. But For for him to come out of his mouth with, with that bullshit Ridiculous, man! Come on,
2: oh, Jay. Google is your friend. Okay, he's your friend. Hit up Google next time. You uh, you're gonna it's come free. with. It's free. Google like is that.
1: free. It's
2: free. Yeah, exactly. You, would,
1: you don't have to pay to get that intel. <laughs> it's absolutely. That was just free. unfathomable. And while you're at it,
2: won't you uh, won't you check out one of the, the, the Last Pass, if you will? If you need a book, Jay, I got you. I can. I'll put you on to the Celtics history. We, we'll have a whole discussion about it. I grew up here. Let's do it. Let's. We'll make a day out of it.
3: Well, that just goes back to like you know, some people were some people were feeling some type of way about the fact that it seemed to be set in stone that the Celtics were going to hire a black coach. This sentiment, the fact that Jay Williams is going to sit there and be like, "Oh, a black guy is coaching the Celtics," that's that's new. Like that's still what they're fighting against. Because to some degree, obviously, we say this is. Like insane. How do you forget eight years ago Doc's here at the same time? How do you forget that? That man won, won a championship. championship. That he, man he won, won a chip.
1: chip. <laughs> it wasn't like this was some coach that just happened to come through town and you know, He won a chip. He won a chip. And and if you look at his career in perspective, Doc is the 10th winningest coach all time. We ain't talking about some dude that just got a couple W's and rolled through town. Get out yeah. of here with that. You talk about Bill Russell, who's one of the all-time greats, who's going into the hall as a what's the other position besides player? Oh. <laughs> and this is the sentiment black they're fighting against. Black yeah, this
3: is, this is why it is great to have another, hopefully, prominent, successful black this voice at the, the head of this black organization. Black <laughs> see, Joe Sway.
1: I see, I was I wasn't even gonna go down here because I know it pisses me off. Thanks, Joe Sway. Yeah. I, I love <laughs> this energy, okay, because I Yo, we we needed this, okay? We need to get this
2: off our chest, man. Because honestly, right no, but you before, know what's good,
3: Joe I Like Ryan, this is, is
2: going to wrap up. I was like, wait a minute, hold on, we got to yeah.
3: This is a strength, though. Like when Kyrie said that stuff, it was like, who's who's going to answer that in the Celtics organization? It's like, is is Brad going to say something? We we know what Danny said. It was like, oh, who's who's going to be the voice of the Celtics on this issue? And there was really, you know, Brown came out and said what he said, but in terms of a management position. There wasn't anybody in there. So, you know, there's been people there before, but now there wasn't. And now there is again, which is great. And you know, some people are feeling some type of way about the fact that it was like almost mandated that a black coach had to be at the head of this team. But in the end, you're still looking at someone who paid their dues, was probably overdue, which is the real conversation here. And, you know, this is what you wrote about Gerard a couple of weeks ago. The fact that this is an 80% black league and there's only seven head black coaches, now eight, fortunately. Yeah.
1: But yeah. And right now we're down to the final four in the NBA and three. Three out of
2: four. I guess Jalen right. got, got to update that tweet. Okay. One last thing before I head out of here. <laughs> A few years ago, I just remember this right now, and I'm so glad he did this. Shout out to my co-host, my guy, my friend, Cedric Maxwell. Man. The city of Boston for, for Black History Month was going to honor Red Auerbach, and there was this huge outrage. Shout out to uh, Cedric Maxwell for speaking out and saying, listen, okay, what Red Auerbach did for the NBA, for blacks in the NBA, come on, Sherrod. If, if Red Auerbach doesn't make Bill Russell the head coach, you think there's going to be a head coach anytime soon? If he doesn't go out and put and start five starting black players for the first time, I mean, like, I just, again, the history behind the NBA and and what the Celtics, the organization have meant to it compared to the city of Boston and what it meant to America are two very different
1: things. I I don't know. And what what, what always gets me, and and, and folks just don't understand this, is that Red, what he did wasn't popular. It wasn't embraced by his community. He went against the grain. Right. And, and, he, and he didn't flinch. He said, he white, black, doesn't matter. If the kick at play, I want him on this team. I it's want him win this It's one thing to take that stance when you are in a, an environment where, that, where it's conducive to making those type of social you know, so, you know, societal changes. But that just wasn't where Boston was at that point in history. Right. And Red still did not let that sway his decision to step out to do what no one else in the NBA was doing, to listen to other owners tell him, Red, I don't know if you should do that. Red's like, I don't give a F what you think. I don't care. I'm doing what I do. I don't care whether he's red, red green, yellow.
2: Trailblazer.
1: That's, That's my trail. guy.
2: That's right. So, and all the other organizations, they started to do the exact same thing. But
1: yeah, And they realized, damn, they, he really can't play. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe we should get some players like that. You yeah. think? <laughs> yeah. And the, see, rest Joshua, of the you see, just Joe Sway, you get me all riled up, man. I'm ready to beat somebody ass right now, Joe <laughs> See, see? <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been just having a nice peaceful laid back mellow. Yeah, yeah. Now, you got me all
2: fired up. Yeah, man. you're telling me, sure. I thought people were joking because Bobby mentioned it in the group text, and then before we go on, I'll like, say, wait, wait, he actually tweeted He's that tweeted it fast. I found someone, yeah, someone, you know how Southern fans are. Someone screenshotted it. And I saw once I saw it with my own two eyes. I said, okay, I gotta talk about this. This is being addressed. So, well, good that job. didn't
3: take. Did that it? didn't take a double take to be like, what? Like, this guy just comes out and is like, "Congrats I to the that. first Black Boston Celtics coach," and it's like, huh? It <laughs> that doesn't even take. It didn't take you long time, to,
2: dig to find it.
3: First time you read that, you're like, huh? All right, Jay Williams, you'll have to you'll have to talk about that on TV tomorrow. Well, he, needs right. he needs an apology. cam. he needs like an apology
1: in the worst way. In the worst
3: way. Just the fact that you work at ESPN and you don't know that. But anyway, Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, A. Sherrod Blakely. We'll be back. The way this offseason has gone, maybe sometime this week. Who knows? But Ime you know, uh, Udoka everyone. is the new Celtics coach. We'll talk to you soon. We're out.